Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh van my Jamil, a hartelike goeie naand, welkom, baie shukur en baie dankie dat jy ingeskakel is van onze kant af, vir die eer en die plesier om in jy geselskap te wees vanavond. Yes, it is Talking Point, the program to get you talking, because you matter and we care. It's Monday, the 29th of December, slowly but surely the Gregorian calendar is coming to an end, and that then corresponds to Monday, the 6th of Rabbi al-Awwal, 1436. If it's a Monday, the evening we kick off with Sheikh Riyad Fatar, Imam of the Husami Masjid in Craven B State, Ima, Sheikh in-house already, and a little later on I'll tell you for the rest duration of the program what we are going to be focusing on. And uh, let me greet my guest, Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, alaikum. Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, nice to have you again. Alhamdulillah. Especially in this times of such turmoil. Can I say turmoil? Everybody's rushing everywhere. Yeah, yes, definitely. <laughs> and everybody lets their hair down, so we remind them. As Muslims, we have a lifestyle that we have to follow. That's right. That is it. Sheikh, if you just want to... Uh, yeah, just give Jamil, us a recap. Respected listeners, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-mursaleen, Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي بدر جميل اند ريسبكتد ليسنرز اند وي هابت اسماعيل يا اولسو تونايت وي ور لاست هافينغ ذا مسلم ارمي ات ا بليس كول اجنادين ات ا بليس وير ذا رومانز هاد اولسو غادرد اند اي ثوت ميبي ات واز امبورتنت تو منشن that Ajnadin, according to the historians, was not a place chosen by the Romans to actually have this battle. But they actually chose Ajnadin to get all of their soldiers together. And because Ajnadin was almost like a, what does one call it, a crossroads. Because from there, they could then move to Beit al-Maqdis, they can move to Jerusalem. From there they can move to Damascus. to Damascus. From there they can move to the Mediterranean. From there they can move to Ramla. From there they can move to Gaza. And um, which made it easy for them to move around and so on. So it was merely a place to really amass the troops together because the place itself didn't have any high fences. There was no fortresses, and so therefore it wasn't suitable for a battlefield kind of thing in terms of the Romans. So it was only to gather everybody there. And then from there would be the movement to Beit al-Maqdis, to al-Khalil, and all of the other areas, and so on. But Khalid ibn Walid, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, together with his spies and his intelligence network, he had completely caught them off guard. Caught them off guard... Uh, with his army and the rest of the Muslim army because they all moved at such a fast pace. Remember we spoke last week about how fast they could move from one area to the another area not being dependent on the road surface. So they could move from one area. So they moved in such a fast pace um, by the orders of Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. So there they find themselves at Ajnadin. And then we mentioned that the Romans had then sent out a, a, a spy 
They sent a, a Christian Arab spy to the to the Muslims, and he must now infiltrate the army. Of the, in actual fact, that person's name was Azazir. Azazir was his name, and 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 interestingly to note, he spent only a day and a night there. But after this battle, he became Muslim because of what he saw that night, that day and that night. So when he now returns to Kubuklar, uh, uh, who was the commander that had sent him, he comes back and he says to him, Wallahi inni wajadtuhum ruhbanan bil-layl fursanan bil-nahar. I found these people, they were like monks at night, and they were like warriors during the day. لو سرق ابن ملكهم قطعوا يده. If a if the son of the ruler were to commit theft, they would cut off his hand. ولو زنا رجمة. And if he were to commit adultery, they would stone him to death. Why? لإقامة الحد الحق فيهم. This was to establish righteousness amongst themselves. And and we have to take a pause here, Buddha Jamil. Because when you look at these characteristics that this man sums up within a day and a night, then it must tell you that these are the characteristics of victory. These are the keys to victory. This is what makes this Muslim, small Muslim army go up against a superpower. Hmm? When the man says that they're like monks at night, meaning what? Meaning that they're in ibadah. In ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning that they are in dhikrullah ta'ala at night. Meaning what? Meaning that they sit and they cry to Allah ta'ala. They're making salah and all of that while people are sleeping. While others are sleeping. As if, as if they have cut themselves off from the world to ibadah to Allah. To worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Special features. Special characteristics that you're not finding ordinary people. I was going to say because these are battle, battle hardened fighters. Exactly. And you don't expect it from them. Uh, uh, exactly. Uh, I mean, these are people that cut themselves off from the dunya. And tonight I am in ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when it comes to day, then they are warriors. Then they're like lions. They're not lethargic. Nothing like that. They're not sleepy. They're awake. They're moving. Why is that? They do this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they take the necessary precautions. It is a complete and pure tawakkul ala Allah. Tawakkul ala Allah. They take their preparation, they take their precautions, and there is complete justice between. In actual fact, there's a hadith in Al-Bukhari, Rahimahullah, uh, the hadith of Sayyidah Aisha, that the Nabi said, إِنَّمَا أَهْلَكَ الَّذِينَ قَابَلَكُمْ People before you, they were destroyed. أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا سَرَقَ فِيهِمْ الشَّرِيفِ تَرَكُوهُ وَإِذَا سَرَقَ فِيهِمْ الضَّعِيفِ أَقَامُوا عَلَيْهِ الْحَدِ that the Nabi said that there were people that were destroyed before you. Why? Because If any of the nobles and the high noted people, if they steal, then they leave him. But when the poor and the weak is doing it, then they make sure that the punishment is carried out. So here you see the opposite of these people. And one has to ask yourself, the Jamil, 
respected viewers, uh, respected listeners, with Ismail, one has to ask yourself, now where is our condition in terms of this? Are we those monks at night that are in ibadah? Are we that active during the day in terms of da'wah and, 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 and calling people to Allah Ta'ala and busy with our ibadah? Are we sincerely turning to Allah Ta'ala in an abada? Is our dua sincerely to Allah Ta'ala? Is our direction that we take to Allah Ta'ala in all our actions, is it all like that? So what happens? Then this uh, kubukler, he now listens to this and he says, you know, kunta sadaktani, If it is the truth that you told me, ardi khayrun min ala dhahriha. Then he says, then to be in the belly of the earth is going to be better than being on the surface of the earth. Meaning to be dead is better. Uh, he says that it is, I hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if it's my luck by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah placed a, what, a screen between me and them. Him between me and them, that Allah Ta'ala does not grant me victory against them, neither them victory against me. You know? So, here we come. It is around about the 27th or 28th of Jamad al-Ula. It is the 13th year of the Hijrah. And the Roman soldiers amount to 90 to 100,000. And the Muslim soldiers is around about 32, 33,000. So they are outnumbered, the Muslims are outnumbered three to one. Three to one. And like we said, after Salatul Fajr, Khalid ibn Walid gets his army together and he gets them organized and so on. And yani, the, 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 and the army gets ready for battle. And like we said, when the Romans saw that the Muslims are coming together for battle, well, they also jumped up and they also got ready for battle. But battle doesn't start until the general gives the order. Sheikh, on that note, our guest here with us, Sheikh uh, Riyad Fatar, and we'll be back with you just after. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. 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 Welcome back. We still have Sheikh Riyad Fatar, who over the past many weeks have been sharing with us and giving us a glimpse into the lives of the Sahaba, that is the companions of the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Buddha Jamil, respected listeners. When the, the, the army is now formed for battle, Khalid bin Walid rode along the front, is checking the units, urging the warriors. And we know that Khalid bin Walid, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, his place was where? In the center in front. In center in front. When you go and see the, the, the Roman army, their two main guys was Wardan, Wardan and, and Kubukler. They were always to the back protected by the men and and the chief uh, commanding chief Wardan he was full of fight right. Kubukler after hearing this from this Christian Arab 
he's maybe lost his nerve mm. there a little bit. But nevertheless, when we look at the at the, at the at the Muslim army with the Jamil and respected listeners, when they move in Sham, when they move in Syria and those surrounding areas, and when they move to Iraq and so they moved with their families. Um, why was that? Because they, they stayed in these places for years and months, very long time. Uh, for the sake of jihad, so their whole life was a life of jihad. A life of jihad fi sabilillah ta'ala. And so now Khalid ibn Walid always looking to make sure that his men is in high spirits. Looking at the psychological and the emotional side and things. So he now comes and he now comes and addresses them. And he says the following. Qatilu man kafra billahi. You are going to fight those people who disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore, do not turn away ala aqabikum. Don't turn around and run away. Wala tahinu min aduwikum. And don't be afraid of your enemy. But when you attack, ka iqdamil asad. You attack like a lion. Hmm? You are free people antum ahrar kiram. You are free and noble people. Fakad abitum dunya. You have forsaken the dunya. And you have given answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your reward in the akhirah. So don't let the numbers of the Romans scare you. Don't let the numbers scare you. When a person speaks like that with the Jamil, then you see this complete thiqah. Bin it's complete trust and that victory would come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clear conviction coming from Khalid ibn Walid that Allah ta'ala will grant them victory if they are prepared for it if they are taken precautions for it and um, and this is what we see coming from him so it is a Saturday morning and the armies are lining up in front of one another the actual time for battle that Khalid bin Walid prefers is after Salatul Dhuhr. After Salatul Dhuhr, he always preferred that. Why is that? He wanted his men to first make Salatul Dhuhr before they go into battle. Before they go into battle. And, and, and remember that we are talking about the battle is on your doorstep. It's people are standing with their swords ready to come and kill you. And they must first make Salah for Dhuhr before. Now, important to note that that was also in conformity with the sunnah of the Nabi because the Nabi had also made jihad in only certain times sometimes it would be uh, in the morning just before Dhuhr and sometimes it will be after Salatul Dhuhr the Nabi would make that uh, uh, would then go into battle but everybody is asking last week we stopped with the bishop with a black hat that came out to speak to Khalid ibn Walid and so on. So let's continue with that PC. When everybody is ready and the fight is about to start, out of the Roman ranks walks an old bishop wearing a black hat and he comes up and so on towards the Muslim army. And he can speak perfect Arabic. And he's shouting, who's going to talk to me amongst you? Now Muslims, we know we don't have any priests. And in those days, the commander himself, he acted as the imam of the army, mm. right? So Khalid bin Walid rode out and, and, and the bishop asked, Are you the commander of this army? And now listen to his response. 
radiallahu ta'ala anhu Khalid ibn Walid he says well, so they regard me as long as I obey Allah and follow the example of his prophet sallallahu alayhi but if I fail in this I have no command over them and no right to be obeyed so the bishop is thinking for a moment and then he says well it looks like you want to come and conquer us and then he says he says no O Arab you have invaded a land which no king dares to enter <laughs> He's telling Khalid ibn Walid, the Persians entered it and returned dismayed. Others also came and fought with their lives but could not attain whatever they sought. You have won over us up till now, but victory does not belong to you permanently. So let me tell you, my master Wardan is inclined to be generous towards you. It has sent men to tell you that if you take your army away from this land, He's going to give each of your men one dinar and one robe and one turban. And for you, Khalid ibn Walid, radiallahu anhu, he's going to give a hundred dinars and a hundred robes and a hundred turbans. <laughs> but I want you to know also, he says to Khalid ibn Walid, he says, we have an army numerous as the atoms. And it is not like the armies that you have met before. What this army Caesar has sent is mightiest generals and his most illustrious bishops. Well, Sheikh, I think keep us a little bit in, the res- in, in suspense. We want to hear what um, Khalid ibn Walid, the reply he gives. Back with you after this. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Welcome back once more to this evening's edition of Talking Points. Still with us, Sheikh Riyad Fadar. Sheikh, we're all, we're all ears at the moment. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. But the Jamil, let's immediately jump. Khalid bin Walid looks at the man and he tells him, you have three alternatives in front of you. It's either Islam, you become Muslim, or you pay the jizya, or I'm coming after you with my sword. <laughs> you go back to Caesar, you go back to your mighty generals, and you go to your illustrious uh, bishops and you tell them that dinars and that fine clothes that you are offering will soon be ours by conquest. Allah! Allah. <laughs> this was the reply that Khalid ibn Walid gives the bishop and he takes this information back to Wardan. So the Roman commander was furious. I can just imagine. He's furious and he swore that he's going to crush those Muslims once and for all. He's going to just destroy destroy them one time so Wadah now orders what a line of archers and slingers they must now be positioned ahead of the Roman front and in range with the Muslim army and as this line is formed Mu'ad ibn Jabal is the commander of the center he now begin began to order his men to attack and immediately Khalid ibn Walid stood uh, uh, stopped him because he's close to him and he tells him not until I give the order not until the sun has reached its zenith, until we are past the wall. Alright? Now Mu'ad ibn Jabal, he wanted to attack because the Roman archers, they had better bows than what they had. 
and they outrange the Muslim bows and 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 the slingers uh, the same thing there's going to be no counter effect from the Muslims so the only way to deal with the situation according to him was to get up and close with the Romans right come to grips with him but Khalid bin Walid he didn't want to risk a, a, a reverse uh, by launching a premature attack against because the, the, the Roman army was a well-formed legion mm. you know so a um, couple of hours before noon the battle began with the Romans striking first the Roman archers and the slingers and so on and this phase of the battle unfortunately went against the Muslims several of them were killed and the, the many were wounded and this suited obviously the Romans well and for some time this missiles continued to come over uh, to the Muslim side and the Muslims they are unable to do anything to offset the Roman advantage nothing so they become impatient to attack with their swords and their lance and still Khalid bin Walid remember we said he's got the patience of a cat patience and the leap of a lion he's restrained him Finally, who comes? Dirar ibn al-Azwar. He comes to Khalid radiallahu anhum. And he's telling, why are we waiting when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is on our side? And, and, our, and our enemies will think that we're afraid of them. So order the attack and we will attack with you. Then Khalid ibn Walid decided he is rather going to have an individual champions go into battle and to combat with the Roman champions. His champions were the Roman champions. This is going to be a duel, mm. dueling match and so on. And in the dueling match, he's sure and he's comfortable that the Muslims are going to win. And, and in this way, he's going to get rid of many of the Roman officers. Alright? And he says to Dirar ibn Azwar, don't worry, you can be amongst the first. Mm. Alright? And he's happy. He jumps on his horse. He's ready to go. But, the Roman archers are still shooting, so the, he keeps on his clothing and whatever, and his helmet, and carrying his shield, and the shield is made of elephant uh, skin and so on. Um, Nashafak belonged to a Roman before. Right? So as he has gone halfway to the Roman li- line, he now stops, raises it, and he gives his own personal battle cry. He says the following, he says, I'm the death of the pale ones. <laughs> I'm the killer of the Romans. I'm the scourge sent upon you. I'm Dirar Ibn al-Azwar. Hmm? So a few Roman champions, they come out and they answer his challenge and Dirar, he quickly took off his clothes and the Romans then saw it is the naked champion. <laughs> yes, trouble. And the next few minutes, Dirar Ibn al-Azwar, he kills several Romans. In Ashafak, there were two generals amongst them also. One was the governor of Amman, and the other was the governor of Tiberias. And then they sent out another group of ten officers from the Roman army. And they moved towards Dirar. Khalid bin Walid, anhum, he then picks ten of his towards. And he sends them out. And they fight there, and they kill them off, and so on. And now more champions are coming forth from both sides individually. And, and uh, some individually, some in groups and so on. And gradually the dueling is increasing and they're fighting and the intensity is there. And this goes on for about two hours. Meanwhile, the Roman archers and the stingers are inactive. They're not shooting now. So 
after a while this phase more than restored the balance in favor of the Muslims alright because most of the Roman champions were killed and while this dueling was in progress it was now past midday was past Zawal and Khalid bin Walid he now orders a general attack and the entire Muslim front moves forward they move it is like the floodgates that has been opened and they move and the main battle is now on with sword and shield this was a frontal struggle there was no fine maneuvers from any side trying to outflank one another it was hard it was slogging it was at close quarters and it continued for several hours several hours in actual fact when it came to the late afternoon both sides were now tired they broke contact they fell back to the original lines and, and, and no one could do anything more for the day. The losses of the Romans, with the Jamil, with the Ismail, with the Nazim, and all of the listeners were staggering. Wardan was shocked when he saw that so many thousands of his soldiers were laying dead on the battlefield. And the Muslims, there were hardly a few of them that had been killed. So what does he do? He calls for a council of war. And he says, listen, yes, problems here. Things are not working the way that it is going for us. And the generals, they swore they would fight to the last. But Wardani asked for ideas. They could have come up with other ideas. And one idea appealed to him. One idea appealed to him. What idea was that? Was the plot to kill the Muslim commander. Was the plot to kill Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. Because according to this plan, Wardan would personally, as the commander-in-chief, would go forward. He would speak to Khalid ibn Walid, he would offer him peace and when he comes forward and would hear his terms and so on and when Khalid ibn Walid would come near enough he would engage him in combat and then he would signal ten of his men that were concealed close by and with that they would rush up and cut the Muslim commander to pieces. That's the plan. Right? So it's as simple as that. And Wadan, he was a brave general and he agreed to the plan. The, the, the men would then be positioned during the night, so nobody knows, and they would be briefed on their role. So the, the Roman commander, he now sends for a Christian Arab by the name of David. Now David was in their staff, he's in their service, he's one of their staff. And his instructions to proceed to go to the Muslim army, speak to Khalid bin Walid, tell the Muslim commander sufficient blood has been shed and so on. And we don't want no more fighting, we want peace, and so on. And that Khalid bin Walid must meet Wardan early the next morning between the two armies so that they can now discuss the terms of peace. So both generals would appear alone in the middle. But David on the other, on the other side, he was a, 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 a good servant to Caesar. And, and he was actually horrified to hear that there is going to be peace talks and so on. Because this was going to be against the orders of Heraclius. That was not the order. The Heraclius order was fight the Muslims and throw them back into the desert. Alright? No peace talks and nothing. So therefore he then refused to go. Until Wardana told him the entire plot uh, to convince him that there is no disobedience to, 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 to the instructions of the emperor and he should go. This plot, as we shall see, this was the greatest mistake that they had made. <laughs> the greatest mistake then. So, the sun had not yet set, it's still the same day. 
And David walks up to the Muslim army. Nash, in fact, they were still getting themselves together. And he's asked to see Khalid ibn Walid on a matter of peace proposed by Wardan. Now, Khalid ibn Walid is informed and he comes out. Now, you must, you, now I must give you a picture of Khalid ibn Walid coming out. The man comes out glaring at David, looking at him, <laughs> eyes stunned. Khalid ibn Walid, he is a six feet tall man. The only thing you see of him is bone and muscle, right? And, 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 and it, it will be unnerving to any person when you come in front of Khalid ibn Walid and he looks at him. He's hard, weather beaten, his, 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 his face is, is battle scarred. He has this piercing eyes and, and it gives the impression of, of a, a pitiless person, mm. you know. Right, and that is exactly how he regarded his, anim- his enemies. So the effect on poor David was <laughs> devastating. <laughs> he's looking at Khalid Walid coming in front of him, right? So he's looking at the sword of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he barely manages to speak. And he says to him, I'm not a man of war. I'm not a man of war. I'm only an emissary. I've only been sent, you know, on this mission and so on. So Khalid ibn Walid calls him close and says, come close and speak. And he says, if you are truthful, you will survive. And if you lie, you will be killed right here. Right. So the Christian Arab spoke. He says, Wardan is pained by all this unnecessary bloodshed and he wishes to avoid it. He is prepared to sign a pact with you and spare those who still live. There should be no more fighting until the talks are completed. He proposes that you and he meet alone between the two armies in the morning and discuss the terms of peace. That's his message. Khalid bin Walid responds and he says, If what your master intends is khiyana, is deceit, then wallahi, we ourselves, we know trickery. We ourselves, we know strategy. We know slyness. We know cunningness. And if he has a secret plot, it will only be one thing. It will hasten his own end. And the annihilation of all of the rest of you. If, on the other hand, he is truthful, then we shall not make peace except on the payment of jizya. As for any offer of wealth, we are going to take it anyways. <laughs> take it anyways. So Khalid's words, yani, you know, when he spoke, he spoke with clear conviction. Not shaken by anything. This had a profound effect on David. And he is saying, right, okay, we'll convey Khalid's message to Wardan. And he turned and began to walk away. While Khalid bin Walid looks at him as he walks away. And sensing that all was not, you know, didn't seem right. David has now not gone far. Suddenly it struck him, you know what? This man Khalid bin Walid, he was right. Victory is going to go to the Muslims and against the Romans. And the Romans are going to perish because of these tricks that they're trying. So he now decides, in the middle of his walking away, decides he's going to save himself and his family (laughs) and he's going to confess the truth. So he turns around, retraces steps to Khalid ibn Walid, finds himself again in front of Khalid ibn Walid and he gives him the entire Roman plot including the place where these ten Romans are going to be laying and they're going to be concealed 
by he locked the disclosed by. So Khalid bin Walid radiallahu he promises David, I'm going to spare your life as well as your family. On condition, don't tell Wardan that you informed me. Mm. Don't let him know that I know about this plot. And to that David agreed. So he returns to the Roman army, informs Wardan of the initial talks he had with Khalid, and Khalid's agreement to the rendezvous was planned. But he said nothing of the second conversation, and Wardan is obviously delighted. Right, we're going to deal with the Muslim commander. So, Khalid bin Walid initially, he wanted to go to the hillock himself and someone finishes off, finish off these ten guys because, you know, he loved a good fight. Mm. Right? And then when he discussed the matter with Abu Ubaidah, Abu Ubaidah, he said, no, 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 no. Get ten of our valiant fighters and you send us instead. And Khalid bin Walid, he agreed. So the ten men he chose. At the head of the ten men, the leader is Dirar ibn al-Azwar. Dirar ibn al-Azwar, they are going to go out and in the morning, when those ten rush for him, then they must rush out and they must attack them and so on. But Dirar ibn al-Azwar, the Jamil and respected listeners, he is just so adventurous in spirit like Khalid ibn Walid. And he says, no, 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 this thing is not going to work. We must tackle them in the night. night. In the night we're going to tackle them. And Khalid ibn Walid, he agrees, okay, right, and so on. So just before midnight, Rar and his nine men, they are off. And after, soon after fa- sunrise, Wardan comes out of the Roman ranks. He's in full imperial regalia. He's wearing a bejeweled armor, bejeweled sword, hanging on his side. Khalid ibn Walid walks from the Muslim center and he stands in front of, he stands in front of, uh, um, of the army. So the two armies were now already in battle and now the negotiations are going to start. Sheikh, just I need you just before you wrap up. It's almost time that you conclude, but we need to take a very short break, and we want to hear the last part of what you're going to share with us this evening. Inshallah. Live from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Welcome back once more to this evening's edition of Talking Points. Still with me, Sheikh Hariyat Fatar, and Sheikh just about to wrap this part of what Sheikh has been talking about, the battle between the Muslims and the Romans. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, with Jamil, respected listeners, with Ismail. Wardan comes out and his whole idea is to, is he comes out with contempt towards them. He wants to upset the, the upbeat of the Muslims. And he now starts expressing his low opinion of the Arabs, how bad the conditions in which they lived, and how miserably starved they were in the homeland. Khalid ibn Walid immediately responds and says, You dog! Mm. This is your last chance to accept Islam or pay the jizya. So as Khalid ibn Walid has just finished talking, Wardan jumps up and he grabs Khalid ibn Walid. He didn't even draw his sword. He grabs him and he holds him and shouting for the ten Romans to come to his aid. And from behind the hillock, behind the hillock, out of the corner of his eye, comes who? 
comes ten Romans from that hillock and they come and they race towards him Khalid ibn Walid also then was he was horrified because he's expecting to see the Muslims coming yeah. out they're supposed to tell yeah. them behind the hillock and he's made no other arrangements for himself no other protection and and he now has this deep sense of sorrow did Dirar ibn al-Azwar now finally meet his match yeah. And they are rushing towards Khalid ibn Walid and Wardan. And as the group of Romans got nearer, Wardan noticed that the leader of these Romans, he was naked to the waist. <laughs> naked to the waist. And the terrible truth dawned upon him. Who was it? Dirar ibn al-Azwar. Dirar ibn al-Azwar and his nine comrades, they had gotten to the hillock. They killed the ten Romans very quietly. And his, yani, his sense of humor, they got dressed in the garments of the Romans and later they discarded the garments again. And you know, In actual fact, when it was uh, Salat al-Fajr, they made Salat al-Fajr and then they waited for the Roman commander to call them. So this is how they now approach. Approach Wardan, left Khalid ibn Walid, he stepped back, he's now helpless, he's surrounded by ten Muslims and Dirar ibn al-Azwar is coming for him. And he shouts to Khalid ibn Walid, I beseech you in the name of whatever you worship, kill me yourself, but don't let this devil come close to me. <laughs> so Khalid ibn Walid nodded to Dirar, and Dirar's sword flashed in the sun, and he kills Wardan. Next week we come and we start with the battle, inshallah, <laughs> with the Jamil and with the Ismail and everybody, respected listeners. Inshallah ta'ala, may Allah ta'ala make us all of the muttaqeen, wa min al-muhsineen, wa min ibadi salihin All those that have gone for Umrah, Allah ta'ala grant them all Umrah maqbula. Those that are sick, Allah ta'ala grant them shifa. Amin ya Rabbul Alameen. Those who are passing, Allah Ta'ala grant them all Jannat al-Firdaus. Amin ya Rabbul Alameen. Wa akhiru da'wanan, alhamdulillah Rabbul Alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi. We say shukran to Sheikh Riyad Fattar for once again sharing us a bit of our very own history and the battles of the early Muslims. Sheikh, as you know by now, is the Imam of the Husami Masjid in Craven B State. Sheikh, shukran once more for your time and I say to you, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.